Uh, hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Luke, who's watching today. Uh, I'm going to talk about the 2002 film. Is that right? 2002? Yeah. Film Panic Room. Yes. Now, stars uh, Jodie Foster, uh, a very young Kirsten Stewart. I would have to say one of her early, uh, earliest roles. Uh, Forrest Whitaker in it. Fucking Jared Leto turns up as well, which was uh, interesting. And Dwight Yoakam. They're sort of the main goons. And uh, basically, Jodie Foster buys a house as a panic room in it, or like you, you go in there if if somebody's trying trying to like rob you, and um, yeah, that's it, I guess. This sort of I had now I had seen this movie before a very long time ago. I'm not sure how long ago exactly. I maybe when it was only new, and I can remember um, three things about it. I can remember Jodie Foster having a huge house. I can remember them obviously being stuck in the room and Jodie Foster telling the uh, intruders to fuck off out of her house over the intercom. And I can remember them trying Morse code um, sort of through like a, a vent uh, or something to, to outside because Kirsten Stewart apparently knows Morse code, but we'll get into that anyway. So, and and using that sort of existing knowledge, I guess um, I I already have a film. I thought it's going. This is going to be like a bit like Speed because once like Speed, good. It's I'd say Speed's a decent movie, but once they get on the bus, only you can only talk about so much. Only so much happens, and I I would say this is a very similar sort of film. You've got the setup, um, and then you know the disaster sort of happens. They get on the bus, or in this case, they get locked in the room, or the stuff with the room happens, and then you've got the conclusion. But it's sort of like once they're in the room, there's well, actually there's only so much to say about this whole film, if I'm honest. But anyway, let's get into it. So, Jodie Foster, um, she is divorcing or having a divorce from her husband who's some tycoon and Kirsten Stewart's her daughter and they buy this property in was it Manhattan I think I don't know but it's huge and it's like three levels of house it's ridiculous I'd have to assume the reason why it's three levels is because the f- uh, floors uh that was f- f- the footprint isn't that big I don't know it's like a big terrace anyway so the house going through it you get showed the panic room now if anybody knows anything about movies I mean, also, I guess the hint is in the uh, in the title, but you're like, we're seeing the room, something's going to happen, right? So that's fine, and um, yeah, now, uh, yeah, it's why they buy such a <laughs> huge house. I don't know. It's like Kirsten Stewart and uh, Casey and Foster, like two people living in this house. It's ridiculous. Anyway, now that's fine. Now the first night during the house, goons break in, and because there is apparently some money in the house, treasure or something in the house. And now Forrest Whitaker being, he's one of the uh, the villains. He's almost like an anti-hero in a way, because he does like save the day in the end. Uh, Jared Leto is sort of like the head goon, but he's pretty much fucking useless. And um, the other guy is there. And then 
he just goes fucking crazy. Anyway, so that's fine. The goons break in now, um, and they're they're like shocked that Jodie Foster. Uh, they're shocked the house isn't empty. Now, if they're half decent, because Jared Leto's like, oh, the house has been sold. It should be like three. They shouldn't be in for another week or whatever. You know, and Forrest Whitaker's like, you're off your head. Now, here's a thing. So, basically, the villains want the treasure, but there's a safe in the in the floor of the panic room. And, of course, Jodie Foster and uh, Kirsten Stewart go in there and lock themselves in. Right? Now, the problem with that is the villains want to get inside the room. But she's not going to let them in. Obviously, she's not going to open the door. So, and they're like, "Well, we can't kill them because we can't get in." And so they have to get, you know, get them out, get her out, which happens. But it's interesting. Anyway, but so it's it's interesting that you know they need to get inside because there's a there's a safe in it. Now, my here's the thing: the villains are sloppy because. Why didn't they break into the house before it was sold or like have a like stake it out and break in when before Jodie Foster had moved in? That is absolutely awful. Now, I don't know how quick real estate sells in New York City, but surely there would have been a good period where the house was for sale and it was empty. They could have broken in then. Uh, so that is. Poor villaining. It's very interesting because unless unless the film is about a heist or something, every other time there's a criminal in a film, they are awful. They're so fucking awful. And you watch it and you're like, how can you even be a crim? So, uh, yeah, that is... It's, it's somewhat annoying. Can't there, you know, be a film... Films where the villains or the criminals, the villains, aren't useless. That'd be great, wouldn't it? That'd be great. So, yeah, they're shocked the house isn't empty. Kirsten Stewart and, um, what's her name? Foster, get they go into the panic room. And at this point, I'm like, only so much. There's only going to be so much to talk about. So they're in a room. They can't call out... Um, even though Jodie Foster does rig up a... Uh, well, she escapes the room for a moment to get her mobile phone to try and get in. Uh, sorry, to try and, you know, make a call. But Forrest Whitaker's like, well, she can't do... She can't, you can't call out whilst you're in the, the panic room, which is actually pretty stupid. And then Jodie tries to um, rig up the phone that's in the room, which apparently is a separate line. She hadn't hooked it up. How convenient is that? Um she tries to make a phone call and she managed to call her husband who does turn up at the house and gets thumped and like worked over, um, which is a thing. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's just, I don't really know. What to, uh, yeah. I'm very interested that Kirsten Stewart knows Morse code because there's a situation where, so what happens is they, the crims tried to like gas them out, as it were, and Jodie Foster, interestingly, lights the gas and it explodes and Jared Leto catches on fire and he has like nice blue flames on his arm, which is interesting. Um, but that sort of then leads to 
Kirsten Stewart finding like a little vent hole thing in the that goes to uh, to the outside. And I don't know why, but she knows Morse code, so she gets a torch and flashes it to the neighbour who sees it. And this is another dumb part of the film: is they grab the attention of the neighbour. The neighbour goes to the window, sees them flashing the lights, or sees their Morse flashing, and they're looking at it. And they stop flashing, and then they yell out the hole, "Oh, save us!" Keep flashing the light. He can't hear you. He's across the terrace in his own place. And I think, what, it's like raining or something? He's not going to be able to go to hear to them yelling, oh, help us. Also, it's not very well explained, at least I didn't notice, but Kirsten Stewart is a diabetic and there is a situation where she has a hypo in the film. So that prompts another... Um, now, this is interesting because Jodie Foster, uh, she has to leave the room to go and get some stuff for Kirsten Stewart so she can recover from her hypo, which is... So what happens, if you have a hypo, that basically means you have a low blood sugar and you can sort of have... Uh, you can sort of black out and stuff. So that's not great. So Kirsten Stewart, she starts having a bit of a hypo. Jodie Foster leaves the room, goes to grab her kit of stuff... Now, what happens is the crims find... There was only two criminals left at this point because Jared Leto gets killed because he's like, I'm done. He goes to escape or to leave. And they... For Forrest Whitaker and the other guy, Raul, his character's name is... What's his, the actor's name? Yvonne something? Uh, Dwight. Where did I get Yvonne from? Anyway, they sort of discover that the maths that Jared Leto was telling them as to how much loot is in the safe doesn't add up. So um, Dwight's character kills Jared Leto. And when that happens, actually Jodie Foster's husband turns up because she does rig up the phone of a landline and manages to call him and be like, there's three people in the house. And then they, they like... Um, what happens, Forrest Whitaker's like, oh, we need to, you know, we need to get rid of the line. So they, they cut the line, so she, the phone call ends. But um, so anyway, so he turns up, they rough him up. They're like, come on, lady, you know, let us out. Also, it's interesting, the house has got CCTV, has cameras all through it. Now, actually, I'll get to this in a minute. But so what, so, you know, the villains, it's interesting, the villains end up, in the room with Kirsten Stewart. Now, luckily for Kirsten Stewart, as they're locking the door, Jodie Foster slides her kit uh, of stuff into the room. She, like, slides along the floor and her injection gets... She needs an injection. I mean, jelly beans, really, but okay. It's not like I've been a diabetic for, like, 10 years. Um, so she gets her kit inside, and Forrest Whitaker, because he's not an asshole, gives... Jody, uh, sorry, gives Kirsten Stewart her injection so she's okay. Now, that's fine. Forrest Whitaker gets to work on the safe, breaking it and whatever else. So Jodie Foster develops a plan. So she locks particular doors in the house. I've got this. I'm ripping through this because really, you know, there is, there's only so much that happens, really, I suppose. It is the film. It is an hour and 50 minutes. It is too long. I think. But that said, I saw the time and I thought, 
what, how is this time even going to go by? And it was all, like, it wasn't actually, to be fair, it didn't drag on too much. But, you know, when you say, somebody says, describe padding room to me, you'd go, uh, a mother and daughter buy a house. It has a panic room in it. There's a home invasion. They get locked in the room. The criminals want what is something, what the criminals are after is in the room. So they get into the room. Jodie Foster leaves. They get in. They get the loot. And they don't leave. Does that really need to take like uh, 110 minutes? Probably not. You probably could trim it. Um, yeah, so it's very interesting with the villains ending up in a room. Now, what happens is the police come because Foster's husband calls the police. So Jody has to sort of make them leave. Now, here's another problem I have is it is established earlier that there is an intercom. Okay, there's an intercom. Jodie Foster can talk. Yeah, if you're in the panic room, there's an intercom, and they can hear you in the house because there's a part earlier in the house when she's telling them to get out that uh, I think Jared Leto starts yelling and Forrest Whitaker's like, she can't hear you. So they get a bit of paper, write whatever, um, write uh, messages on it, like answering her questions, they hold it up to the camera. So it is, it estab- it is established that... The people in the room, so at this point in the film, Forrest Whitaker, um, Kirsten Stewart, and this Dwight, whatever his name is, but he's, his character's name's Raul. I've, I've no idea why it's called that for, but okay. It is established well before that that they cannot hear what is said on the outside. The intercom is one way. Well, it's not an intercom. It's a loudspeaker thing. So if you're inside, you can say, you can talk to the outside, but the outside can't talk to the inside. So when Jodie Foster's talking to the cop at the door, and she's like, oh, there's nothing, it's fine, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't have to do that. She can say, hey, look, there's three goons came into the house. One of them's now dead. My husband came over. They thumped him. Now two villains are in my panic room with my daughter. She can say that. They can't hear what she's saying. Why can't she just say it? Why can't she just say it? Fucking oath. And the cop's like, oh, well, if there's something you can't tell us, uh, how about you flood your eyes or whatever? And she doesn't. And it's like, you can do it. They can't see you. They can't see your face. She can just say, hey, this is what's going on. Get your coppers, you know, do something. Be discreet about it. Far out. But the cops do turn up at the end of the film and the copper she was talking to, like, you know, he's there. But that's, you know, problems with the film, that is one of them. She can just say, hey, this is what's going on. I'm ripping through this. Um... As I said, there's only so much to say about this. Like, it's not too deep, really. Not really much happens. Well, a bit happens, but not much happens. Um, yeah, so the police go, and they're... So Forrest Whitaker, he breaks into the safe. They get the loot. They leave. 
Now, what Jodie Foster does actually whilst they're working on the safe, she does something that one of the criminals that Dwight's like, hey, why didn't we do that? She goes and smashes the uh, security cameras around the house. She has a sledgehammer. Where'd she get it from? I don't know. She smashes them up, which is like, and the guy's like, hey, why didn't we do that? Well, if you weren't stupid, you would have. Once again, stupid fucking criminals. My God. You can't be serious. Anyway, so she does that. She locks various doors and creates like a trail. So they have to leave the house, or they at least have to get to the staircase a certain way. So they come out of the, the, the crims come out of the, um, the room. Not really sure why they take Kirsten Stewart with them, because Dwight had a gun, but in the situation where... Um, now, this is actually a clever bit by the criminals, the way they get inside the room. It's, that's a little bit of genius, because what they do is they just put... Dwight's wearing a mask. They put it on... Um, Dwight puts it on. Sorry, no, they put it on Jodie Foster's husband. They do cover up the camera that's immediately in front of the, the door to go into the room. They, Forrest Whitaker covers it up. They put um, the mask that Dwight is wearing on Jodie Foster's husband, because they have him up there. They put Jodie Foster's husband downstairs where on a chair where he can be seen, and they put... Uh, and then, um, what's his name? Dwight goes and lays on the bed, which is in the um, room, bedroom. So Jodie Foster says, oh, the husband's gone, whatever else. So they, she leaves because they're like, they've killed my husband, and she goes to get whatever. Now, this is like, but, of course, Dwight is uh, there, so he can go into the room. Forrest Whitaker comes up and goes, that's actually a bit of slight cleverness by the criminals, but... The floor is, of course, at that point, um, Kirsten Stewart is having a hypo and is not well. So they get inside the room um, and, you know, Jodie Foster slides her medication in. And, of course, she's in there having a hypo and they're like, well, this is shit. But anyway, so, so yeah, Jodie Foster makes them leave a certain way and this is the escalation, I guess, of the film. So have the loot, that's fine. So they come down, it's fine. Now her husband's there, and he's like, oh, fucking, because she's given him the gun, I'll shoot you. Um, oh, yeah, I was explaining how they got the gun. Uh, yeah, so in that, that drama where the criminals were going, getting into the, to the room, Dwight, who had the gun, uh, he, he ended up on the other side of the door. So they're like, wow, Jodie has a gun now. She's she's the one with the gun. Because I had saw her on the pictures on IMDb, she had a gun, and I thought, how does she get a firearm? But that's how. Um, because the guy's door, uh, sorry, finger gets caught in the door or something. So the gun ends up on Jodie Foster's side or outside the room, I guess. Anyway, so she props her husband up on a chair. He's set up. He has a gun. Great. So they come downstairs. Forrest Whitaker, at this point, has sort of taken charge a little bit, you could say. It's very interesting because Jared Leto is just incompetent. The other guy's a hothead. He's the only one who seems to want to just get in, get out, 
no fuss. Like he sort of wants to keep the situation under control a bit, which is fair enough. He's a very, uh, I don't know if I want to say he's affable, but he's, he's something. That's for sure. Um, yeah, so that happens. Uh, so this is where the escalation happens. So they give up Kirsten Stewart. Don't know why. Or about to, but hey, but then Jodie Foster comes out from somewhere, hits Dwight with a sledgehammer. So she's done a great job there. He goes down the ladder. Then Forrest Whitaker just legs it. He legs it out the door in the confusion. He's in the garden. So then Dwight comes climbing back up the stairs, and he's like, fucked, but he's, he's just going because he's completely wild. And so there's like, oh, how it shooty. I don't know why Jodie Foster just didn't go and grab the gun from her husband, who's half dead. I don't know why she just didn't go and grab it and like shoot him. But anyway, so he gets knocked over the gun. You know, classic is loose. Um, and Jodie Foster and Dwight are having a bit of a fight. Kirsten Stewart jumps on him. She has. Uh, some needles which she took from her kit when she was in the room with two the two guys she was like i don't know i'll take my two syringes i might need them hey anyway so forrest whitaker's out in the garden escaping and he hears various noises so he goes back into the house kills dwight before he sort of crushes jodie foster with the sledgehammer and then He's back out. Then he goes to escape again. Then uh, the cops, you know, police storm the building. And um, that's the end of the film, pretty much. Yeah, I guess that's it. Well, it is. There's not much after that. It was one interesting. Okay, this. So. <sighs> this bit. So, Forrest Whitaker, he. They. In the safe, they find Bonds. Now, he does the classic, unzips his jacket, puts the Bonds in them, zips it up. They're there on his chest safe. Now, when we see him outside under gunpoint, he somehow, I don't know why, but he has the Bonds in his hand and the cop's like, let him go, let him go, let go of what's in your hand, which he doesn't know, of course, a bit winning, that sort of blow away. Why has he all of a sudden got them in his hand? I don't know. That's it. Why? Ridiculous. Is it like some sort of symbol of, oh, well, you know, his crime doesn't pay, blah, blah, blah. So that is, what the fuck? Um, yeah. That's really, so I've got, at the end of my notes here, I've got two things. One being, why was he holding the bonds? That seems ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. And why couldn't she just tell the cop that there was somebody in the house? Because it is established that they cannot hear what she is saying down at the front door. They're in the room. They can talk to outside the room, but you can't hear what's being said outside the room if you're inside the room. It is established. There's a line of dialogue about it. Fucking oath. But actually, that said, in Jodie Foster's bedroom, there is an intercom there, so she actually can go to that intercom and talk to inside the room, but that 
you know, once again, if she's down at the front door talking to the copper, they can't hear what she's saying. However, I guess she doesn't know that. I will give them the benefit of a doubt on that, actually. She doesn't know that. Forrest Whitaker knows that because he's like an, he's like a, what is he? He's like a security fucking guy, so he's he knows all about the uh, security system and such. He's like the expert, you know. Uh, but, um, yeah, that's Panic Room. Oh, and then there's a scene at the end where Jodie Foster, looking like a... What does she look like? If I could describe her per, uh, her, her personality, you know, her uh, career, I'd, she'd have to be a lawyer. I'd say she's an attorney. Uh, she's an attorney because she goes to court sometimes. She's got to be an attorney to go to court, if I'm uh, correct. I'd say she's a lawyer and well, she's corporate. She's corporate for sure. So her and um, the film ends basically her and uh, Kirsten Stewart in the park looking at real estate listings. So, yeah. It's actually interesting. We don't find out what Jodie Foster does. Because at the start of a the film, they're getting shown around the house of a real estate guy and some other lady, whoever the fuck she is, and... Um, I don't think it is established to us what Jodie Foster does. I think the real estate guy asks her and she's like, oh, I'm, you know, he's like, oh, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm going through a divorce or some crap like that. I don't know. Anyway, panic room. Um, I'm going to give it, like Kirsten Stewart's, she does a good, she's pretty good. Uh, she's only a young girl. Foster, Jodie Foster, she's always solid. I think Forrest Whitaker is, um, it's interesting, I would say he's he's reasonably empathetic. Is that the word I'm after? Yeah. Um, because he's, he just wants a quick job, you could, you could sort of say, and things escalate and he, like, tries to call it off. Um... So, I'd, I'd say he he does actually a pretty decent... He's solid. Um, however, I think the film most definitely could be shorter, that's for sure. And just because the criminals are stupid, uh, I'm going I'm to say it's solidly average. I'm going to give it two and a half out of five toilet rolls. So, you know, you could probably skip this one. That's it. Now, I've given it two and a half, okay? I've given it two and a half. Have I given anything worse than this? Now, here's something interesting. Avatar was shocking. I hated it. Now, I have rated Avatar higher than this. That said, if you said to me, do you want to watch Avatar or Panic Room? I'd take this film. Possibly, and would be, a, it would be, oh my, I've just, I just broke wind. And if you said to me, hey, do you want to watch Panic Room or John Wick? That'd be a real 50-50 flip of a coin choice for me. But I actually, I would watch this over Avatar, even though I'm going to rate it lower than Avatar. But yeah, it's Panic Room for you. Not really much to say, I guess. Um, yeah. Anyway, everybody, um, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. And I'll catch you in the... Um, Next one. Bye.